Well, I hope you've been finding this new Freedom Series really helpful. And that Pastor Danielle started off a couple of weeks ago with What is Freedom? And the last two Sundays, Pastor Sean has been speaking to various uh, things, aspects of freedom. And last Sunday, Pastor Sean uh, was speaking to How to Live in Freedom, Part 1. And it's just showing us the understanding of uh, Jesus' humanity and the Spirit's ongoing work in our lives, which is vital to freedom. And if you missed any of this series so far, I highly encourage you to get onto YouTube under Life UC, not Life Unlimited Church, Life UC, and you'll be able to see the series. And it's really important because as you grasp the steps, it helps you to grasp the next steps that we're having. And so today I'm going to be speaking on part two of how do we live in freedom. And the theme verse for this series comes from Galatians 5 verse 1 in the Passion Translation. Let me be clear Christ has set us free, not partially, but completely and wonderfully free. We must always cherish this truth and stubbornly refuse to go back into the bondage of our past. Well, that pretty well covers it. (laughs) It's very good. So my first point this morning is don't allow your circumstances to define you. We read about Paul and Silas and these two men of God and they were just doing what they God had wanted them to do. They were teaching about people, about God and how to come into relationship with Him. And then this angry mob rose up against them. Judges ordered them stripped and beaten and again and again the rod slashed across their bare backs and then they were thrown into prison and then their feet secured in stocks. Now these two guys were physically definitely in prison But spiritually, they were so free inside. And about midnight, they began praying and singing hymns to the Lord and all the other prisoners couldn't help but listen. And suddenly, there was a great earthquake. The prison is shaken to its foundations and all the doors flew open. Boy, it must have been quite quite an earthquake. And the chains fell off every prisoner. What a miracle. Another upside to this was the head jailer and his whole household became Christians that very night. What an absolute miracle. That was God. John Paul Such says, freedom is what you do with what has been done to you. Freedom is what you do with what has been done to you. If ever anyone had a cause to feel low, it was these two guys in prison yet they didn't allow their physical circumstances to restrict them or them in their spirit. It would have been so easy for them to be bitter. God, what are you doing? Have you given up on us? Look at us now. Particularly because they were Roman citizens and should never have been treated this way. And because they were free inside, it didn't matter where they were, where they were going or what was happening to them. They were able to worship God and soar in their spirit with Him. And as though those socks on their feet weren't even there, the bars didn't even exist in the jail. And you know, this type of response got all of heaven's attention and God immediately responded. If you've got a fanciful imagination like me, I'd like you to imagine heaven seeing these two guys, Paul and Silas, their backs gashed open and bleeding, worshipping God with all their heart and heaven starts clapping and stomping their feet. And all of heaven, they go, you go guys. And the stomping of heaven's feet causes an earthquake on earth. 
No dungeon could restrict or imprison their spirit of Paul and Silas. They were totally free. And we can live in that same sort of freedom and operate like that. It is incredible, however, how many of us allow the physical things that are happening around us or our circumstances to imprison our spirits instead of soaring with the Spirit of God. You know, we can be bogged down with what's happening at work, stressed with demands put on our life, can't seem to rise above the relationship that's not going right or feeling like you're never making progress. And all you see is hopelessness for the future. We can so easily allow these circumstances to define or restrict us instead of being free to live the life that God intended for us to live. You know, when we praise and worship, the focus goes off our circumstances and environment and we focus on God and start seeing things from His perspective. He becomes magnified in our midst and don't we need a big God for our big problems, don't we? I love that beautiful old chorus. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in His wonderful face and the things of earth shall grow strangely dim in the light of His glory and grace. Psalm 86 verse three to four says, Be merciful, O Lord, for I am looking up to You in constant hope. Give me happiness, O Lord, for I worship only You. Psalm 116, verses 16 to 17. O Lord, You have freed me from my bonds and I will serve You forever. I will worship You and offer to You a sacrifice of thanksgiving. How do we live in freedom? Don't allow your circumstances to define you. The second thing is, how do we live in freedom? Discern who is the real enemy. There is a supernatural world out there whether you believe it or not. There is God, His presence and His kingdom and all things holy, good and pure. And then there are evil forces at work and an evil kingdom that desperately wants to poison the hearts of children, men and women, so they never come to know the freedom and the life that they can have in Christ. According to C.S. Lewis, the author, he says, Satan's cleverest trick is to convince the world that he does not exist. The Dutch evangelist Corrie Ten Boom said, it is a poor soldier indeed who does not recognise the enemy. And Elizabeth Alves in her book, Becoming a Prayer Warrior says, the key to victory in both natural and spiritual warfare is to clearly identify the enemy and to understand his character and methods. The Apostle Paul writes in Ephesians 6, verses 10 to 12. Finally, be strong in the Lord and His mighty power. Put on the full armour of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in heavenly realms. Only we could get that into our head instead of looking at our physical circumstances all the time. The devil uses his strategies to mess up our lives or throw us off course. It can be tricky sometimes just knowing if something is a scheme of the devil or not and you need to get discernment from God as to what is really going on. One Sunday message today can't list all the enemy's methods and his character 
And that is why we have the Freedom Course. And that starts this coming Tuesday night. It's not too late to register. And they go into greater detail. There's ministry and there's prayer. It is a wonderful course. And those who have done it and those who are going to do it can tell you how great it is. And I highly recommend you do it. So if you haven't registered yet and you would like to, just go to the events tab on our website and you can register. You can be sure that whatever the devil does won't bring you closer to God and will leave, dis- will leave disunity, confusion and destruction wherever he goes. Your mind is a playground. The battlefield is your mind. And a very two helpful books to read is called The Battlefield of the Mind by Joyce Meyer. You'll see them up on the screen. And Winning the War in Your Mind by Pastor Greg Craig Rochelle. We could just keep them up there for a while so people can see. We daily need to renew our mind. And sometimes people can blame everything on the devil when they just need to grow up and start disciplining their mind. There are times your thinking is actually your own enemy, not the devil. If you arrive late to an event, solely relying on Google Maps, not allowing margins to park the car and then walk into the venue, that's not an attack of the devil. It's just your bad planning. When you have a lot going on in your head and there's endless conversations or scenarios that you keep deliberately going back into, you keep worrying or fearful of the outcome and it's weighing you down, that's not an attack of the devil. That's you just not reigning in your mind. Pulling it in, say, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to keep thinking about it. I'm not going to have that ridiculous argument in my head. That's not even reality. It's futile thinking. And it's not the devil, it's you. You need to change the pattern. You have to discipline yourself to arrest the conversations in your head. It all comes out of the area of your soul. And a lot of the time, the devil doesn't need to do anything because you are doing a great job all by yourself. You make life too easy for him. Make life hard for him. First Timothy 2 verse 7 says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, of love and of a sound mind. First Peter 4 verse 7 says, Sorry, pray it over yourself. Sorry, pray the last thing over yourself aloud so you can hear it, declare it. I have not been given a spirit of fear. God, I embrace your spirit of power, love and a sound mind. You need to pray these things out into the atmosphere aloud. First Peter 4 verse 7 says, Therefore be clear-minded and self-controlled so that you can pray. You have to discipline yourself to arrest the conversations in your head. It all comes down to the area of your soul. 2 Corinthians 10 verse 5. This is, a, this is a scripture Sean gave me many years ago and I use it regularly. We demolish arguments and every pretense that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. Pastor Brian Houston in his book that he wrote years ago, Get a Life, says it's not get a life, it's about getting a life, positive. Say to your soul, be quiet. Those things that go on in your head, just say aloud. I do. Be quiet, soul. Psalm 103 verse 1 says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless His holy name. So then you say, soul, You are going to bless God. Everything that is in me is going to bless His holy name. Everything that is in me, inferiority, insecurity, hurt, affection, sorry, hurt, offence, rejection, 
sickness and health are going to bless His Name. And then you start singing and praising God for lots of good things that are happening. Or you can speak in tongues, the language of the Holy Spirit. You know, if you talk or sing loud enough, I've taught my kids this, you drown out the garbage in your head. You can't hear it because you're singing and talking so loud. You can't have an argument in your head or think about that. If you're praying in tongues, I mean loud or singing aloud, it drowns it out. There's this trick, you know, you've got to get with it. How do we live in freedom? Don't allow your circumstances to define you and start discerning who is the real enemy. Number three, discern what to pray for. Ever had those times when you feel like something's not quite right in the situation, you just can't put your finger on it, but something is wrong and you wanna pray about a situation, but you just can't quite work out what to pray for. Then you need to ask God for discernment. Proverbs 2 verses 1 to 6 says, My son, if you receive my words and treasure my commands within you, so that you incline your ear to wisdom and apply your heart to understanding. Yes, if you cry out for discernment and lift up your voice for understanding. If you seek her as silver and search for her as hidden treasures, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom and from His mouth comes knowledge and understanding. If you're still not sure, then try saying, God, I speak your light and truth into this situation that you reveal it for what it is and may there be a godly outcome for all concerned. As more details come to light, you can pray more specifically. In life, you may have some blockages and wonder why you're not moving ahead. Sometimes it can be a scheme of the level, but it isn't always. Unforgiveness or bitterness in your life can have a dreadful effect on your life and health. And this is why we need to pray for discernment with an open, honest heart before God so He can reveal to you what you need to address to be changed, to bring you into this life of freedom. H.L. Mechner said, the average man does not want to be free. He simply wants to be safe. If there is something not of God in your life, then you need to address it and deal with it. And with God's help, bring it into wholeness, healing and freedom. How do we live in freedom? Don't allow your circumstances to define you. Start by discerning who is the real enemy and discern what to pray for. The fourth thing is pray with authority. It's one thing to have a conversation with God and talk to Him about your life. It's another thing to stand as firm as a child of understanding the full weight of authority Jesus has given to you because of what He has accomplished on the cross and His resurrection. And then do battle with Satan or the devil, Lucifer, whichever name you prefer to call him. I don't care. Colossians 2 verse 15 says, God disarmed the principalities and powers, ranged against us and made a bold display and a public spectacle of them in triumphing over them in Him, Christ, and in it, the cross. Colossians 1 verse 13 says, The Father has delivered and drawn us to Himself out of the control and dominion of darkness and has transferred us into the kingdom of His Son in His love. 
If you don't truly understand and believe Jesus totally defeated the devil on the cross, you will never ever be able to use His full authority as a child of God to command the devil or host of angels, fallen angels to do anything. In the Bible, there were sons of a Jewish chief priest who went about driving out evil spirits and they tried to invoke the name of Jesus, whom the Apostle Paul preached, but didn't really understand and have the authority as a child of God to speak His name in the situation. In Acts 19 verse 15, it says, One day the evil spirit answered them, Jesus I know and Paul I know about, but who are you? And the evil spirit inside of the man knew they didn't know what power or authority they were using, so he proceeded to beat up all of the sons. You may wonder if Jesus won the battle on the cross, why are we still fighting? Well, if you look at the end of World War II, even though the victory was won and Hitler was defeated, occupation troops remained in different areas of the nation. And as long as the devil keeps working overtime on mankind, we need to keep letting him know he has been defeated and we have the victory. So when you know and understand what Jesus has accomplished on the cross, then you can confidently use his authority to rebuke the devil. James 4 verse 7 and 8 said, Submit yourselves then to God, resist the devil and he will flee from you. Come near to God and He will come near to you. There was this incident in the Bible in Mark chapter 9 where the disciples were uh, not able to cast out a deaf and dumb spirit out of a person's son. When the disciples asked Jesus why they couldn't cast it out, He replied in Mark 9 verse 29. And so He said to them, This kind can come out by nothing but prayer and fasting. You can be confident that persistent prayer and fasting forces the enemy to lose his hold until he can grip no longer and the person is free. Never ever underestimate the power and fasting of prayer, the power of fasting and prayer together. Jesus proved it. Now that you have discerned what is wrong and you know the authority you have in Jesus Christ, there are areas that you can pray in to see, to see a great release in your life. And again, I can't cover them all today. We'll be here for hours. I'm just going to touch on a few. That freedom course, can't recommend it enough. First thing is generational tie-in curses. There are different character traits, illnesses, curses or bad habits that perhaps have been in someone's family for generations. People wonder why they battle with certain things, not realising that generational tie or curse just needs to be broken. Quite often you can see a pattern that flows down through the generations. And once you know what it is, you simply renounce it. It's not like we're going to hold big manifestation or anything like that. You simply renounce it in the name of Jesus, breaking that tie in the name of Jesus. We'll cut it there and then. When I was a lot younger, I used to get bouts of bronchitis all the time. And... Uh, as I got older and we were first uh, just newly married, that mum was down visiting with dad and, uh, and I got bronchitis and she said, oh, your nanny used to get bronchitis also. And I'm like, boom, like red flag to a bull with me telling me that. And I thought, right. And we just there and then, we just prayed and broke that big hereditary tie. No big, you know, carry on or anything. We just prayed in the name of Jesus. We just broke that tie. I've never had bronchitis to this day. If you see a pattern... If you see a pattern generationally, look at it. And look, as far as I'm concerned, if for some reason you were wrong and it wasn't a generational thing, what have you got to lose? God, 
spiritual ties, anyone who has dealt with spirits not of God, trying to determine the future, even in fun, allowing people to control your mind or organisations with secret oaths. You need to renounce it and it's hold over your life and ask for God's forgiveness. Anything done in secret always has red flags to me. It needs to be brought out into the light of God. If you know anyone in your family who's belonged to such sort of organisations, again, you need to cut that generational tie and renounce it. It works. Sexual and emotional ties. When someone has been in a non-sexual relationship with another person, there will always be this emotional tie with them. They haven't sinned, but it can be, but just makes that whole breakup dynamite to get over. And a simple prayer, and a single, sorry, I'm going to have a drink. Not a simple prayer. A simple prayer to break the power of that emotional tie is sufficient. When someone has been in a sexual relationship with another person outside of marriage, then there is a sexual tie that definitely just needs to be broken over both parties. They have sinned and they need to ask God's forgiveness. And again, a simple prayer to break the power of that sexual tie is sufficient. When you know who you are in Christ, you know the authority you have and the power that Jesus has wrought for us. This stuff works. Then the effects of a situation. This one I'm using all the time. This is one where stuff's gone down, wasn't really your fault, or even if it was, you know, and you've rectified the situation. It just seems like there's this cloud of, of after effects. You just feel depressed. You just, it's like, oh, you know, you just, and you know, you're just like, I wish I didn't feel like this. It could be something, you know, a text you've had from someone and it just didn't end well, or, or, or they just sent it to you, whatever. There's always these different things. And, and I know in my own life, it just felt really flat. And it's just like, you know what? I'm not settling for this. And a simple power, a simple prayer to break the power of the effects of that situation, that text, that picture, that phone call, that whatever, it's sufficient and it will go. I tell you, it just lifts off me. Maybe I'm the only one it works for, but I don't think so. And while there are lots of things we've talked about in the big picture, don't go looking for the devil under every bush. God is the one you need in your midst. And that's the one you need to be talking to and staying close to. Stay close to Him with an open heart and He will reveal to you if something is not right so you can live in total freedom. How do we live in freedom? Don't allow your circumstances to define you. Start by discerning who is the real enemy. Discern what to pray for. Pray with authority. And the last thing is, Declare the Word of God over your life. More than often, the problem with your life or situation isn't you and it isn't God. It's the pattern that's been formed. Pastor Stephen Furtick from the USA preached a brilliant message on this years ago. The pattern of what you say or declare has to change. Do any of the following ring a bell? It's just one thing after another. Bad things always happen to me. Oh, getting messages on my phone, sorry. I'm always sick. I'm never going to amount to anything. Nothing good ever comes my way. I always seem to end up in this situation. Oh God, there's a pattern. Everyone else gets the opportunities. God never comes through for me. If I, I'll never get ahead financially. And the list goes on. You know what you say. And sometimes even with your thinking, you think that. Not good enough as a child of God. 
Not good enough when you can live in freedom. Christ died to give you freedom. He's got a life He wants you to live. Wake up. Sometimes you need to take a good look at the pattern of how you live your life and sincerely ask God, what needs to change in me? If you don't know, ask a trusted friend. They'll say it mercifully. <laughs> if they don't know, ask someone else that you think's got wisdom. I know so no one will ask me that after the way I'm talking this morning. <laughs> While I can't even begin to list all the promises of God in this message, the Bible is loaded full of them. But here is a few, personalise them like I did before and read them aloud. Hebrews 13, 5 to 6, For God has said, I will never, never fail you nor forsake you. That is why we can say without a doubt or fear, the Lord is my helper and I am not afraid of anything that mere man can can do to me. Second Chronicles 30 verse 9, your God is gracious and kind and won't snub you. Come back and He'll welcome you with open arms. Psalm 9 verses 9 to 10, all who are oppressed may come to you as shelter in time of trouble, a perfect hiding place. May everyone who knows your mercy keep putting their trust in you for they can count on you for help no matter what. Oh Lord, you will never, no, never neglect those who come to you. What great promises. Proverbs 2, 6 to 8, For the Lord gives wisdom. From His mouth comes knowledge and understanding. He holds success in store for the upright. He is a shield to those who, who walk is... Sorry, here's a shield to those whose walk is blameless, for he guards the course of the just and protects the way of his faithful one. Psalm 60, verse 12 With God's help, we shall do mighty things, for he will trample down our foes. Don't allow your experiences to dictate what you declare. You may have written yourself off or that situation off, but God hasn't. And allow Him to break your so, your cycle of hopelessness by declaring the God, Word of God aloud over your future. Philippians 1 verse 6, being confident of this very thing, that He who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. Don't just sit back thinking, oh, well, I'll just see what, you know, what God does and whatever comes my way, so be it. Oh, stupid thinking. And the devil claps his hands with joy and he goes, oh, I'll definitely make sure some things come your way if that's your attitude. And he rains terror and disappointment in your life. There's only God and there's only the devil. So work out which one you're serving and which one you belong to. Proverbs 16 verse 27 says, Idle hands are the devil's workshop. Idle lips are his mouthpiece. You're not using your mouth to declare the promises of God over your life. You're his mouthpiece. It's time to be declaring God's plans for your future. Not your plans, God's plans for your future. How will I know God's plans? Duh, get into his word. My gosh, this stuff isn't rocket science. Psalm 84 verse 11, For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will He withhold from those who walk uprightly. I don't know, need to know exactly what His grace, glory and good thing is from God. If He's handing out good things for my life, bring it on, bring it on. If God has spoken something very specific into your spirit, then start declaring it aloud and calling it forth. 
Proverbs 23, verse 17 to 18. Don't envy evil men, but continue to reverence the Lord at all time. For surely you have a wonderful future ahead of you. There is hope for you yet. How do we live in freedom? Don't allow your circumstances to define you. Start by discerning who is the real enemy. Discern what to pray for. Pray with authority and declare the Word of God over your life. If the worship team would like to come, thank you. Luke 4 verses 18 to 29 says, The Spirit of the Lord is on me because He has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to release the oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour. You know, Jesus does not want anyone bound up by the things His power power can so easily release. He wants everyone to live in total freedom with the ability to help others experience life and lasting freedom for themselves also. You will never be totally free in life unless you come to have a relationship with Jesus. His love for you took Him all the way to the cross to pay the penalty or the sentence for your mistakes and my mistakes and my sins and your sins. To be raised from the dead by His heavenly Father three days later, He's not dead anymore. And to empower the Holy Spirit to come alongside us to help us every day of our life forever. All of this, so nothing could come between us and Jesus in having a real and honest relationship with Him. He longs to be in relationship with you, but it's your choice. If you're going to decide to live your own life without Him and do everything in your own strength, which is very limited, or allow Him to come into your life, to be filled with a purpose and tap into that supernatural empowered life that will help you and help others in their walk with God.